And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, we're with Lamb Lion Ministry. Thank you for being part of our program. As today, we're going to be talking about living just as we look at the book of Ezekiel. So stay tuned to today's program. And those of you following us live on social media, make sure you share this program with your friends and family, as well as those of you following us live on Pray.com. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, as he opens us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all those who have tuned in to hear your word as we've been going uh, verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. We pray, Lord, that uh, that book is just filled with so many amazing uh, prophecies, so many amazing insights about you. We want to grow close to you. We want to understand you better. Uh, so, Lord, open up the book of Ezekiel to us. We thank you for all those who have tuned in, and we uh, just pray you'll bless our time together in your precious name. Amen. Amen. I can you to into a truth to set you free Bible prophecy edition. Big Batista and Nathan Jones, as we're talking about living just as we look at the book of Ezekiel. And as we go ahead and get started, I want you to ponder on this question. How does God instruct and correct those he loves? Stay tuned to today's program. But before we continue, I want to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Brother, good every week for the last 12 years. It's been great to do the record. The truth will set you free with you. And uh, uh, for all those who've tuned in, some of you uh, I have run into say you've been listening for years. And we really appreciate you. And we really appreciate you joining us in our studies. And we hope it's a blessing to you. Oh, yes. And it's so true, Nathan. It's always good to have wonderful individuals that are part of our uh, podcast for many years. God has given us the opportunity to be uh, on air in many occasions, but it's great to hear back from people once in a while. So those of you that are part of our program today, would love for you to give us a little bit of feedback, whether you are listening to us on pray.com or other uh, sources, uh, reach out to us 305-992-9537, text or call, or go to christinprophecy.org and let us know uh, where you're tuning in from. We would love that right nathan oh yeah yeah I mean, we have a wealth of information about bible prophecy and god's prophetic word on our website as Vic said at christinprophecy.org we uh, just invite you to check it out and uh, we have years and years of television programs podcasts even radio programs articles social media any newsletter you can join uh groups you can join on through social media we just we're so excited that the lord's going to be coming back soon and we just want to share that with others and help you get excited as well Awesome. Hey, if you're a pastor or a leader and you are in need of someone to come out and share a wonderful message on prophecy or regarding uh, Bible scriptures, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we'll be available to go out and share God's word with you, his prophetic word. Uh, Nathan, and you were just part of a conference, right? And, and you, have, you guys had a great time this weekend. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's been uh, quite a number of conferences this fall. I, I was out uh, two different conferences in Seattle speaking at some wonderful churches. Uh, went up to Pennsylvania for our regional conference in October. Again, later in October, uh, went uh, out up to Oklahoma and uh, just about to go to Granbury, Texas for yet another conference. So, uh, yes, uh, the evangelist here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, uh, if your pastor is interested in holding a conference or just having us come out on a Sunday service or weekend, uh, we'd love to accommodate you. Vic, 
actually can do it bilingually in Spanish. God bless them. So uh, we just encourage you to, if you want to help your church grow in, in understanding the 31% of the Bible that's prophecy, then uh, contact us through lamblion.com. Muchas gracias, Nathan Jones. I said thank you, Nathan Jones. Did you? <laughs> um, taco grande to you. <laughs> well, as you all know, we have a lot of fun here, Nathan and myself and Tim and those that are able to join us. We just love to be able to share God's word. And we believe that it should be a wonderful, wonderful thing. And we want to encourage you to grab hold of these resources. Nathan, speaking of resources, you and I have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel uncovering a lot of amazing ways in which God speaks to his people, how God instructs and corrects them. And we have been looking at that in the book of Ezekiel, and we were closing in chapters 16 and 17, as chapter 17 opened up uh, with a riddle or a parable, if you will. And God oftentimes speaks to his people uh, in various ways, including parables uh, and riddles and examples. Uh, so it's amazing to me how God communicates his love to us. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Got to give his little background here. Uh, if you've been following along or you're new to this uh, series, uh, we've been studying the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a young prophet. Um, he came about at the time, about 600 BC, when the people of Israel had rebelled against the Lord for so long that they finally had to face judgment as was laid out by Moses hundreds of years earlier, that if the people continue to rebel and, and just not repent, they became so vile like the pagan nations around them, they'd be exiled out of their land. And this is what's happening about now. The northern 10 tribes had already been exiled in 722 BC by the Assyrian Empire, which is now no longer because the Babylonian Empire overthrew it. And now King Nebuchadnezzar is coming against the southern kingdom and based in Jerusalem, and he's exiling the people. Uh, we've got Ezekiel was one of the early exiles, but he was a, obviously, as the book shows, able to return to Jerusalem and warn the people to repent and turn to God. This was it. This was their last stand, their last battle, and they needed God on their side. And so we get to Ezekiel 17, and it's a riddle that God gives to uh, the people in Jerusalem about what their future is if they continue to rebel against God. So that's where we're at in the story. Mm, excellent. And Nathan, it reminds me, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 5 and 6, and yet uh, he says, we have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto us as, as unto, uh, uh, unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou rebuked in him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. And as you and I make our way uh, through Ezekiel chapter 17, uh, you reminded us in our last program to remember God is still at work. Even though God's people have rebelled, continue to rebel, God is not through with them. And we find that to be so as we continue there in Ezekiel chapter 17, we pick it up in verse 17. So Nathan, will you be able to read for us chapter 17, verses 17 through 20? And I'll read verses 21 through 24 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So let's pick up chapter 17, verse 17. Nor will Pharaoh with his mighty army and great company do anything in the war when they heap up a siege mound and build a wall to cut off many persons, since he despised the oath by breaking the covenant. In fact, gave his hand and still did all these things, he shall not escape. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, as I live, surely my oath, which he despised, and my covenant, which he broke, I will recompense on his head. I will spread my net over him, and he shall be taken in my snare. And I will bring him to Babylon and try him there for the treason which he committed against me. 
verse 21, and all his fugitives with all his bands shall fall by the sword, and uh, they that remain shall be scattered toward all winds, and you shall know that the Lord hath spoken. Thus says the Lord God, I will also take the highest branch of the highest cedar, and I will set it. It will crop off the, from the top of his young twigs and tender one, and will plant it upon the high mountains of Eminent. In the mountain of the highest of Israel will I plant it, and it shall bring forth a bows and bear fruit and be a godly cedar. And under it shall dwell all fowls over every wing in the shadows of the branches. Therefore shall they dwell. And all the trees of the field shall know that the Lord have brought down the high trees, have exalted the low trees, have dried up the green trees, and have made the dry tree to the flourish. And I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it. And Nathan, I'm so glad you gave us the background on this because someone just catching this portion of scripture will be so confused. Like, what are they talking about? Yeah, and get, bear in mind, it's a riddle. So you're not supposed to totally understand it. Matter of fact, this riddle was given just a few years before it would end up being fulfilled. So the blessing of having uh, hindsight is we can look back and see the prophetic fulfillment. So as we read earlier, the Lord was giving a, a riddle about two eagles, and the eagles were uh, represented by Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, who in 597 B.C., he uh, conquered Jerusalem uh, in, in part. He, he established his control over it, uh, and he deposed the king Jehoiachin. And what he did is he put up Jehoiachin's relative Zedekiah, uh, in his place to be kind of like a vassal king. So all this talk about oath breaking was that Zedekiah had made an oath to, to Nebuchadnezzar that he would be a vassal king under him. Well, he wouldn't do that. So the other eagle is Egypt. And Zedekiah went and called upon Egypt to help them overthrow the control of Babylon. Now, by then, uh, Egypt had also been reduced to pretty much serfdom to the Babylonians were the big bad empire of the, at the time period. There was no beating them. Uh, but so they tried to do a rebellion against them. Well, that didn't work. So Nebuchadnezzar would send his armies down in 586 BC, destroy Jerusalem and, and take most of the people out of the city and bring them up to Babylon to live. Uh, Zedekiah would be try to escape out of a tunnel with his children. And uh, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar's army was waiting for him. And uh, they blinded Zedekiah and after killing his children in front of him and brought him up to Babylon. So when we read here about being caught in a snare and, and being escorted away, that's exactly what Zedekiah did. Now, uh, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't totally a monster. Zedekiah actually lived pretty comfortably from what history tells us up in Babylon. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar also took care for the most part of Israel. He didn't completely eradicate the people like the Romans tried to do uh, many years later. And so what this last part is doing, it's, it's what you just said, Vic, about the Lord always keeps a faithful remnant. He's not going to let the Jewish people be destroyed because he made a promise to David that the Davidic line would rule over Jerusalem forever. At the end of the, the seven-year exile, one of David's descendants, Zerubbabel, would lead a group back to Jerusalem under the authority of the new uh, big guy in the new empire in town, the Medo-Persian Empire, and is allowed to start rebuilding Jerusalem and the temple. So uh, this was a purifying process, and it was successful. The Lord said, you know, you're idolatrous, I'm going to exile you, and then you will give up your idolatry. And that's what you don't read about idolatry in Jewish history after that. 
Nathan, that is fantastic. Uh, I, I love that because people simply need to read history and, and read about the different kingdoms and how it all panned out. And that's pretty much what we're reading here uh, in the book of Ezekiel. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about living just as we look at the book of Ezekiel. Uh, Nathan, that is a fantastic history and lessons to be learned as we look at chapter 18. I love it because it really begins to describe to us uh, who God is talking to so people are not confused. So as we look at chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, another thing that we're going to notice there is how God deals uh, with the just and how he deals with sin and also um, other things that will transpire in chapter 18 as God continues to deal with his people. So we notice there chapter 18, verse 1 says, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, What means ye that you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on the edge. As I live, says the Lord God, you shall not have occasion anymore to use this proverb in Israel. And I love verse 4, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And that's a serious indictment right there, right, Nathan? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's the reason why we all are born heading to hell. That's one of the biggest deceptions of our time period is that we're all born good and we're all on the way to heaven. And but if we sin enough and rebel enough or do, excuse me, bad things that we will end up going to hell. But that's that's a lie from Satan. It's the complete opposite. We are all born going to the lake of fire because we have the sin nature in us. We learn in Matthew that uh, that uh, hell was created for Satan and his demons and because they rebelled against God. Uh, and so when mankind rebelled against him and got that sin nature, that nature that just desires to rebel against God all the time and breaks his moral law, then we fell as a species underneath that same punishment, the lake of fire. And that's why we need a savior. That's why Jesus called the savior. He saves us from our sins. And he provided that salvation by being the ultimate sacrifice. He died on the cross for our sins. He took our punishment upon himself. And then he beat death by coming back from the dead. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and believe in him as the son of God and as our savior, he'll forgive us our sins and grant us that direction back to heaven. So it's very important that we understand that, that God takes sin very, very seriously. Why? Because he is holy. He is pure. He is perfect. And for his desire for humanity was to create us to have fellowship with him and the purity can't have fellowship with impurity. Therefore, he must make us pure by the blood of his son so we can stand before the Father in eternally perfect, pure fellowship once more. Nathan, that's amazing. And you know, that verse four, it comes in a, a, a strong and powerful, and that's just the truth. The soul, the sin uh, will die. But the wonderful thing, Nathan, is that God has provided a way out through Jesus Christ, right? Uh, and that's why I love First John uh, chapter 1, verses 7 and 9. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Nathan, and that is fantastic news. 
That is good news. Good news. Just like the uh, <laughs> podcast intro music says, it's good news because, you know, otherwise we would all be doomed to hell. Isn't that a horrible thought that we'd all be doomed to hell? Uh, but, you know, Jesus loved us that much. God loved us that much. The Father sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. Now, this time period that we're reading, Ezekiel's time period, they knew a Messiah was coming, but they didn't understand salvation in Jesus Christ because they didn't understand Jesus Christ. He hadn't come yet. But they still put their faith in God and tried through the law to follow his moral teachings. And so uh, those that didn't, of course, uh, didn't have that temporary covering with animal sacrifices, that blood sacrifice, to protect them without the faith in God as well. And uh, faith has always been the at the heart of anything dealing with salvation. Nathan, and I love that. And the following verses in chapter 18 of Ezekiel 5, five through 9 also describe to us again the how we can obtain uh, that faith. And uh, for those of you that are part of our program, if you have a Bible, uh, join us as we're in Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 5 and 9. Would you be able to read those for us, Nathan, those verses there in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Yeah, let's pick up in verse 5. But if a man is just and does what is lawful and right, if he has not eaten on the mountains, nor lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, nor defiled his neighbor's wife, nor approached a woman during her impurity, if he has not oppressed anyone, but has restored uh, to the debtor his pledge, has robbed no one by violence, but has given his bread to the hungry and covered the naked with clothing, if he has not exacted usury, nor taken any incense, but has withdrawn his hand from iniquity and executed true judgment between man and man, if he has walked in my statutes and kept my judgments faithfully, he is just. He shall surely live, says the Lord God. Mm. I, Nick, I just, I just love that uh, speaking there uh, uh, of the just, right? And, and I just find that that word just uh, is is so important. Uh, it makes a big difference between the willful sinner and those that live a life of faith and that are just. And, and here it tells you the reward and the benefits uh, of living uh, the right kind of life. And also, Nathan, I just want to ask, but I think Tim was going to join us. Did he make it today? Uh, not so far. Our, our uh, ministry's uh, senior evangelist, Tim Moore, was uh, could join us at any time. So if you're another voice, folks, pop in, uh, then that's Tim. Uh, but I want to make a point about what we just read because it would almost seem like it's espousing a works-based salvation. You know, if you do this, then you will surely live. If you do that, you will surely live. And there's some some things here that are clearly Mosaic law. Uh, for instance, lying with a woman during her impurity. You know, different things like that that have nothing to do with a moral law, but more ceremonial law, the law of Moses. Now, bear in mind, at the time period that Ezekiel's writing this, the Jewish people were to live under the Mosaic law. That's the dispensation that God had given the people. The, the Messiah hadn't sacrificed himself yet, so they were to live by in faith by Moses' law, as well as uh, have animal sacrifices to temporarily cover their sins until Jesus came. So again, please don't take read this and say, okay, well, I have to do this, 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 and be saved. We in the church now live under the new covenant, which is put and the old covenant away, the Mosaic law away, we now live by grace through faith. And so uh, the, the law is passed. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us that works aren't necessary for salvation. But once you're saved, you naturally, with the Holy Spirit in you, want to do good works. And that's proof of our salvation. So uh, we're looking at a different time period here. 
Nathan, and, and that's a very good point that you just made because someone asked me a question uh, about a week and a half ago, and they said, Vic, how do Jewish people get saved today? Right. And uh, to them, it's just another believer like, well, uh, uh, and I and, and now what, what we're clarifying is uh, it, uh, under the law in the Old Testament, that's this is what was required. But today, everyone uh, salvation comes through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, whether you're Jew or Gentile. Jesus Christ died uh, for sinners. And uh, that includes Jews and Gentiles. And, and I wanted to clarify that as well, right, Nathan? Because today we all have to go through Jesus. And that's an excellent point. You know, the part of the Mosaic law was a requirement, requirement that you sacrificed, had a certain, based on ceremonial cleanliness and uh, as well as certain types of animals of certain purities at either the tabernacle or later the temple when it was built. Well, there hasn't been a temple since 70 A.D., and so when you ask a Jewish person, well, you know, today, how are how are you know that you're going to heaven? And they'll tell you, well, I'm doing the good works that the Mosaic law says. And you got to wonder if they're doing all 613. But they'll also say, well, I give money to the synagogue. And that's kind of the sacrifice. Well, it, it, got to be honest, that's a cheat because that's not at all what the Mosaic law says, that you need the blood to cover the sins. And so when people ask, that's a good question that he asked you, because some people come up with some crazy different theologies, like have you heard of dual covenant theology, this idea that Jewish people are saved under the Mosaic law, whereas uh, we are saved by grace through faith under the new covenant. But that's impossible because there is no animal sacrificial system available for the Jewish people. Ever since Jesus died on the cross and resurrected from the dead and began the church at Pentecost, everybody, Jew or Gentile, has been saved by grace through faith. By putting our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior. Anything outside of that, you've just got a man-made religion, a works-based salvation, and you are still under, as John 3.36 says, the wrath of God. That's the truth of it. And what a wonderful uh, clarification there. And for those of you that are part of our program today, that is the reality. That's what the Bible teaches. And uh, it's very important for us to recognize that God doesn't make a distinction between Jew or Gentile. Today, we all come uh, through the same Savior. And God showed us how much his lo he loved us at the cross. Uh, Jesus died for our sins. And those who place their trust in him we have, will have eternal life. Uh, Nathan, again, it's just amazing to me as we look at the Old Testament, as we talk about sin, as we talk about just, uh, God looks at the heart, not at the outer appearance. We're not saved by works, but it's the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, those opportunities are available today for anyone uh, that is part of this program. And, and that's how that's how, how much God loves people, right, Nathan, that through all the different generation and ages he has given them access to god if they truly want it absolutely and you, you almost got to think uh, it's a big theological term dispensationalism in other words it's a the idea that god governs differently in different time periods but it's always salvation by faith so uh, in different time periods god reveals more of himself and more of his will but also reveals to people as if growing up like a child to an adult they can take more so when you look at the Mosaic Law, it's like, okay, you're a, you're a childlike nation. You don't know the difference between right and wrong. So God painstakingly lists out everything they need. What is morality? And he says, okay, uh, you know, don't steal your neighbor's wife. That is immoral. Don't 
cheat. That is immoral. Don't lie. That is immoral. Well, and they're like, well, what if I have to lie to do this? Okay, well, uh, lying is wrong, but let me give you <laughs> further details about what exactly, you know, very, very, it ends up being 613 laws, including the Ten Commandments. They're all there. And so that's what you do with the child. But when you get to teenagehood, which I think is what the new, if I can compare it to the new covenant today, is that we know what is right and wrong. The Lord now expects us to go out and do it. And that's what's living under the age of grace. We're no longer under the do's and don'ts of the Mosaic law, but we're still supposed to respect the spirit of the law. People say, well, especially those who like the Hebrew roots movement, who believe that, you know, we're still under the law and as well as grace. I'm like, no, not at all. Uh, you can't possibly do that. Most of the book of Hebrews is showing how the law only points to what's right and wrong. It's a shadow of the better relationship. Now, we're still in that, if I can compare it to a team relationship, the real relationship still has to come when Jesus returns and sets up his kingdom on the earth. Then that relationship's even closer because we see Jesus face to face and we can visit him in Jerusalem where he'll rule over the earth. And then into the eternal state is the final full circle back to the Garden of Eden, where we will see the Father and walk and talk in perfect fellowship and perfect purity again. So those are some of the different dispensations leading up to that restoration of the Garden of Eden fellowship that we had with God. Nathan, I love that. And of course, we are encouraged to live by faith, to trust God. Uh, the Old Testament, the New Testament is by faith. I love what the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 38. Now that just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Habakkuk 2, 4. Behold, his soul which lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. And again, Nathan, it's not by works. Uh, but it's by faith. And today we place our trust in Jesus Christ. And every week as we do our programs, we encourage our listeners uh, to trust in the Lord. And if you uh, do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, we give you an opportunity even right now to come to the feet of Jesus, to live by faith, to trust in him and not by your works. Uh, again, Nathan, it's just wonderful that we get to share with people uh, how they can grab hold of eternal life and maybe there's someone out there that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Might you be able to share with them, Nathan, or walk them in that path and how they can start their relationship even right now? All right. Well, the first thing you have to do is Romans 3.23, realize that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. There's nobody who's good. None that are righteous. No, not one. And that's why Romans 8, uh, 5, 8 through 9 says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. The wrath of God abides, as John 3.36 says, on everybody, the moment they were conceived, on everybody because of their rebellious nature against him. Uh, it, it, the nature prevents us from dwelling forever with a perfect and holy God as he desires. And so what did he do? And in perfect love, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come down as a man and die for the sins of the world and to beat death by resurrecting from the dead. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and in repentance and faith, turn to him and pray something from your heart. The words aren't magical, of course, but it's just an expression of faith. Uh, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against you. Uh, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. And Lord, I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus promises to do just that. Just as we read, you will be justified by his blood. You will be saved from God's wrath. 
and you will inherit eternal life in heaven forever. So I pray that you will accept Jesus today if you haven't, because he loves you that much that he was willing to die for you. And that is great news. We love that. And again, maybe you've trusted in Christ right now, wherever you are. We would love for you to reach out to us and let us know. We want to celebrate with you. You can call us at 305-992-9537. You can also check us out at ChristinProphecy.org. And those of you following us on social media, you can post there. And if you do uh, reach out to us, we would love to give you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. We're super excited for you. Also want to encourage you, find a church, a Bible teaching church, get plugged in, let them know that you accepted the Lord and that you want to grow uh, in that in that church. So Nathan, again, that's what, what that's why we do this program. It's is to encourage people uh, to follow the Lord, that there's hope for them, that God loves them, and that those that God loves, he chastens, he corrects. So if maybe God is correcting you right now, accept that and ask him, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And Nathan, all of us follow the same rules and guidelines, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's painful at times. Uh, we need to be chased, especially even saved. You know, walk of the salvation is sanctification. You're becoming more Christ-like as you get older, and sometimes we sin and fall into sin, and so some bad things will happen where the Lord's trying to get us back on our knees and repent and return to Him. And if you are saved and you are struggling in your salvation, then I think Vic's advice is perfect. Find a church, uh, find an accountability partner, uh, turn to Jesus, read your Bible, get involved in a study, and uh, that'll help guide your life to doing what is right. Ooh, that is fantastic. What a wonderful way to close this segment of the program. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry, thanking you for being part of today's program. And again, reach out to us if you are in need of prayer. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Thank you for being part of our program. Have a great day.